Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chip Tam and football, that's what Pittsburgh does. Not particularly well lately, though, and we're going to get into that with NFL Network analyst, former Giants scout and executive Mark Ross. Uh, but first, I'm Brian Batko. This is the PG Sports Now show on the Post-Gazette's podcast network. We are presented by Pella. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella. can help you save on your energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella windows and doors to find the right product for your home and your budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Mark, thanks so much for joining us, man. How are you today? Well, excellent. My pleasure. For sure. Uh, let's just, you know, start broadly you know, you don't live in Pittsburgh. You're not following, you know, you're following every NFL team, not just this one. But uh, from your big picture vantage point, you know, what is what is going on with this team? And this is this wasn't like, hey, Mark, come on and bash the Steelers because we scheduled you last week before we knew they were going to stink it up down in, in Houston. I mean, uh, wh- why are they losing two of their first four games by 23 and 24 points near the bottom of the league? And Total yardage, rushing, rushing yardage, passer rating, run defense, et, et cetera, et cetera. What, what is going on uh, with with Pittsburgh here? Yeah, it's um, a two and two team that feels like it's zero and four, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. The point differential is terrible. So yeah, yeah, it's really it's really bad. And when you when you're at this point and you get just, just as you said, embarrassed there by the Texans, it's a lot of people at fault for that. It's, you yeah. can't just point at one person. It's a lot of people starting at the very top about what happened and what has transpired. And, you know, there were some high hopes coming into the season. All right, you know, the defense, T.J. Watt, they'll be there. They'll be stellar. Kenny Pickett's going to take that step. We've got we've got playmakers at running back and receiver and tight end and the offensive line's better. And it really seems as if everything has just not come to fruition that way where all the hopes, you know, there's a lot of planning and then there's hopes in the NFL and the hopes that they had of, development and progression just has not happened mainly started with Kenny Pickett I mean it's just impossible to win NFL games on a consistent basis when you don't have a legitimate quarterback and right now Kenny Pickett is looking like hey should we bench this guy and we know Trubisky's not the answer he's had plenty of opportunities but when you're at that point already in week four in the season you know that that's a lot of trouble that you're in and then of course offensive coordinator Matt Canada for him He's been the guy that you know, Pittsburgh. I have a lot of friends in Pittsburgh, a lot of friends and family in Pittsburgh. So I, I get the uh, the scoop and the frustrations from them all the time. So that has to go into it as well. And 
you know, even Mike Tomlin, where for years and years, you know, you can point to the winning record, but the last, what, six, seven, eight years, whatever it is, no playoff wins. And you never would expect Pittsburgh to get blown out twice in the season already in two years. It's just not Pittsburgh. You know, that's just not what you associate. There are certain organizations, you know, that just don't operate like that. And they've been at the top. So when you're just talking about all of that and even the defense, you know, Watt has been spectacular and flashes. But overall, I mean, starting at game one where like, man, this is a Pittsburgh defense where they just got steamrolled. So everybody's got a hand in what's going on right now with this team. But they are two and two. So <laughs> they're yeah. still mixed. Yeah, they're still hovering there. And like you said, I mean, Mike Tomlin's teams always find a way to come back around and, and rebound from even very ugly defeats. Um, but I, I guess, you know, let's let's kind of start with Tomlin. I mean, you've been around this league for a long time. You've seen long-tenured coaches hang around and have success. You, you've seen ones come in with high hopes and, and not last very long. I mean, in Tomlin's case, he is the second longest tenured head coach in the league right now behind Bill Belichick. You know, like you said, never had a losing season, but at the same time, you know, no playoff win since 2016. I mean, is it is it possible that the message has gotten stale for even maybe the NFL's foremost messenger with with all the Tomlinisms and the standard is the standard and uh, everything he says at his his press conferences every week? I mean, do you, do you think we could be nearing that territory now in in a decade and a half plus? Yeah, it really seems like it, and. Look, the Steelers have always been traditional in the way they operate, but is that the, the way to operate anymore? You know, the, the game has changed so much and organizations have changed. The way you play has changed. And as you said, that message could get stale. I, I worked with Tom Coughlin and then Andy Reid and, you know, two Hall of Fame, soon to be Hall of Fame coaches. And as you said, they were there a long time. And even Andy and Philly, I wasn't there when they finally let him go, but it was time for a change when, when at, at the end there. And, he proved he still – he got even better. You know, he yeah. went to KC and proved that maybe he was even better than he was in Philly. But it was just time at that time for Andy and, and Philly to separate. And, you know, I would never – look, I've been on the receiving end of getting fired in the NFL, so I never want people to, to lose their jobs. But there definitely is something to that when someone has been somewhere so long and, you know, it, it, it just something new and innovative needs to happen. And I think that was indicative – a few years later with the Ben Roethlisberger situation and trying to hang on to Ben too long. I think Pittsburgh fans maybe were split and divided where clearly to me, it was like, Ben's done. And I've been, I've been in an organization when an older quarterback goes a beloved older quarterback with Eli Manning starts going downhill and then you're blaming everybody else for them going downhill. They're not the same. They never go back to that. So I think really a lot of the Pittsburgh issues started with holding on to Ben Roethlisberger too long and not thinking forward about we've got to move on and we've got to get better at this position. And did that rush them into, well, we got to take a quarterback now and Kenny Pickett, who made, I didn't think was really a legitimate first, uh, first round quarterback, a legitimate, this guy's going to go out there and be a franchise quarterback and win games for us on a consistent basis. So, you know, it all kind of spiraled together, hold on to Ben too long. Okay. Now we're rushed to quarterback. Oh, did we over overdraft Kenny Pickett and think put too much hope to think he would be a guy and now you're kind of seeing all the after effects of those decisions that get stacked up year after year. Sure. And I think those who are still pro Mike Tomlin still think that, you know, he can get the job done because we've seen him do it. We've seen him achieve the highest level of success in this league. Even they might say, okay, perhaps Tomlin as a motivator hasn't gotten stale. Perhaps his message is still resonating with players, but maybe it's the schematics of it. Maybe it's the X's and O's that you kind of alluded to there, Mark, have 
you know, the Steelers haven't really kept up on the cutting edge with the, the rest of the league. And we will get into Matt Canada, I, I promise. There's a lot of there's a lot of meat on that bone. And as Tomlin has once said, you know, I'm not going to give you guys your pound of flesh, but we, we might extract some. Uh, we'll see. But first, I just want to say, you know, week one, they get dismantled by the Niners. Maybe they just maybe they ran into the best team in football on, on that day. But then in week four, when you run into the Texans and it's the the, the head coach came from the 49ers, his O.C., came from the 49ers in, in Bobby Slowick and D'Amico Ryans. I, I just have to wonder, like, you know, a few years from now, are we going to look up and every team has a play caller from the Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shanahan tree? Or is it, it's not that simple, but at the very least, are we seeing that the Steelers are just simply a step behind uh, other teams when it comes to coaching and, you know, what they're doing uh, in terms of how they're structuring their offense, their overall designs and their concepts here? Yeah, it does seem what they're doing there is not very innovative. And you think they've got some playmakers, they can do it. But also, you talked about the Texans and you looked at their quarterback and you looked at yeah. CJ Stroud. And people always ask me, how do you know when a, a, a first round of high guy is the guy? You can see it. And when you see CJ Stroud, right, you don't, have, you don't know. You just looked at him and you look at Kenny Pickett and how they handle the game and their composure and the moxie and the poise, you're like, CJ Stroud, he's going to be good. You know, it's, it's he, he's going to have his ups and downs and all that, but you can just kind of see that. And we're here with year two with Kenny Pickett. You're still looking, is he, is he, is he, when you're asking those Izzy's, Daniel Jones last night, the Giants, you know, yeah. I wasn't there when we, they drafted Daniel <laughs> Jones, but you just still look at Daniel Jones and say, when you're still asking that, yeah, the offensive line is bad, but you just look at what Daniel Jones does. You're like, no, nah, that's not really the guy. So I think, when you're comparing where the Steelers are to let's just say the Texans where you got a lot of hope because you got that guy in the center and you can do a lot of different things with him. And maybe be the, the, a lot of the simplicity with the Steelers offense is because they don't trust Kenny Pickett and they have to dial a lot of things back for him and what he can do. So, uh, you know, the flip side of that is, well, let's be innovative. Let's try to be even more innovative to take it off of him and use all these playmakers. But either way, something is not right there. Something is not gelling. Uh, something is not looking uh, smooth and efficient with how they're operating on offense. Sure. Let's. We're going to get into the the Matt Canada Kenny Pickett uh, marriage in a second, but let's first hear a quick word from Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over forty years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. Also, shout out to Propel Schools right here in Pittsburgh. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Mark, uh, where do you think we should start? Should we start with the OC and Matt Canada, or should we, you know, get into a little bit more of the Kenny Pickett chatter first here? <laughs> this is your your show, man. It's your house. I'm just the guest in here. All right. All however, right. however you talk about them, they're really hand in hand. You yeah. Know, whenever you have a coordinator and the the franchise quarterback, they always work hand in hand. And one thing I will say, just touch on before we get going, is yeah, you know, really coordinators can't save quarterbacks. You know, I think a lot of people think, oh, let's bring this new guy in. He's going to save them. And that's you know, that quarterback has to do his part as well. You know, that let's run the ball and do the, the now franchise quarterbacks have to make plays. You know, they can run offenses, but you have to 
make plays when it's needed and do that on a consistent basis. And the, the greater the quarterback, the more they can consistently string together big time plays, run the offense efficiently, but also then string together those big time plays. So it's always hand in hand with that, with a quarterback and how much they're struggling and really coordinators trying to save them. And that's just not really uh, a, a fair assessment of how things operate. Sure. I mean, that said, Canada has, you know, he worked with Ben Roethlisberger, his first, uh, Ben's final season, Canada's first season as the play caller here in, in Pittsburgh. And then it was a few uh, not great weeks with Mitch Trubisky to start last season. And, and since then, it's been, you know, him and Pickett, uh, a guy that he recruited when he was at Pitt. So there was a lot of familiarity there. But part of the reason Tomlin's in this predicament, I think, is simply promoting Canada from QB's coach to the offensive coordinator a couple years ago, obviously sticking with him this offseason in kind of, you know, in respect to stability and continuity, even when things didn't look great last year, maybe some of those wins against bad teams down the stretch of 2022 were fool's gold more than a, a good sign. I mean, it just it hasn't gone well, to put it mildly. I mean, the Fire Canada chance from oh. fans at home, um, you know, social media vitriol, Marcus, is probably the worst I've ever seen for a coach or player right now. I mean, what is yeah. his reputation as a play caller around the league like from high level football folks that you talk to him mean, is there anybody who thought it was a good hire to begin with is there anybody who thinks there's any reason for this to to continue yeah you know unfortunately i think that you know, that social media obviously is not uh, the way you should operate but yeah just even with amongst the insiders it's like man what are, what are they doing there and you know that loyalty it can be good but also you have to have really in, in football with anything you have to have proper self-evaluation and self-awareness, self-scouting for what you're doing as an organization. And that's when you're in the draft room, in pre-agency, on the, on the field, and you really have to really take a step back and look at it and say, all right, is what we're doing the right thing to do? Is this the right person? And to have that awareness and self-awareness to say, you know what, something's wrong here then that's when you really have to make changes. It's hard, you know, loyalty when you like people or, you know, you feel, we talked about Ben earlier, you know, not having the self-awareness to say, take his name off of there. His name is John Jones. He's our quarterback. This guy's not good enough. Let's move on. But because it was Ben Roethlisberger and you had that loyalty and it, it messes up sort of your self-awareness, you almost have to be emotionless when you make decisions in the NFL sometimes. And, you know, and, and with Canada, I mean, I, yeah, he's getting beat down badly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was, he's getting beat down badly. So almost for the psyche of the team, almost for the psyche of the organization, you have to make a move. But then you say, OK, well, who's going to take his place? Everyone get rid of this guy. All right. Now what? You always have to have an answer to what you're doing. You always have to have a solution to a problem. And is there a person on that staff right now who could come in there and do better? or help at all, or is it just a matter of just for the psyche of the team and the organization, and maybe the rest of the coaches and staff believe in Matt Canada. That's something you never know when you hear stuff from the outside is maybe they, they love the guy. They think he's doing the right thing, and they, they feel feel as if he can do it. But if not, then just for the psyche of the team, you, you might have to just make the change just because. Yeah, and, and you know your point there is something that I thought was a mistake by the Steelers this offseason. Once they did decide to keep Canada, I didn't agree with that, but okay, you know, you don't dwell on it. But I thought the next step would be bring in kind of an old an older hand, a more experienced 
a person who has, uh, you know, NFL play calling on his resume, Adam as a pass game specialist or offensive consultant or senior uh, pass game or whatever title you wanted to give him, then at least there's somebody to take the reins if things frankly go as poorly as they have through four weeks. But, you know, know, the the only person on their staff with NFL play calling experience is Mike Sullivan, their quarterback's coach, uh, you know, formerly with the Giants. But it's been a long time since he's done that. Um, You know, Glenn Thomas is an offensive assistant, but he is like Canada is mostly a a college lifer when it comes to coordinating an offense. So yeah, that's why I don't envision a midseason change as, as badly as this thing has gotten. But uh, I guess, you know, <laughs> if you've never been here, if you're Mike Tomlin, maybe you, you aren't really sure what you might do if, if you feel like your hand is forced. Yeah, no doubt. And I don't think that's the way, you know, the ownership, you know, the rules aren't going to make Mike Tomlin do anything. They're going to let him yeah. coach his team and make, make decisions. And that's the way they've always operated and the loyalty there. You know, if it, and then it's just each week, you know, you go week to week and maybe this week they go out there and, and they look like one of the best offenses. Like, yeah. That's that's hope. That's hope, you know, but they, they have to go out there and do it. And then it, it is just week four and they are two and two. So if you're looking at it from a positive side, it's okay. We we're still right there in the mix. It's still early and we can just wash that away against Houston. And all right, we got this week against our, our big rival here and let's go and get better. And that's the hope everyone has to have, you know, People in the NFL have short memories as far as when you're in the locker room. You know, you got to get – you watch that film the next day, you got to move on. You got to go and move on and get better. And they don't really dwell in that sort of, man, we're going to be bad the rest of the year. The, the you know, big-time players, coaches always think this is going to be the week. This is this is it where we're going to change and turn, turn things around. So let's finish with Kenny Pickett, um, you know, first quarterback drafted – a year ago, but I mean, he was the the lowest first QB off the board since 1997, I believe. I mean, I, I think in a lot of cases, there are Steelers fans who are saying, look, you know, it's his first full year as a starter. Um, it doesn't always click for guys right away. Have some patience. But Mark, do you think there's maybe less of that when it's a five-year college guy who a big, a big, you know, reason why a lot of talent evaluators believed in him was He's a finished product. He's he's polished. He's uh, he understands the game. You know his upside is kind of in his work ethic and how much he improved at Pitt. Is, is there a little bit less of that? Hey, let's let's wait and see when the jury's still out for somebody who did come into the league at I think twenty three or, or twenty four. No doubt, when you when every college player you evaluate has strengths and weaknesses, and especially for a quarterback there. You know, that was the positives of Kenny Pickett. As you mentioned, you you would think he would step into the situation because of the maturity and all the games played. His hometown team just got to go next door in the building right. to, to go. Going to have to, nothing changes for him. Like, man, this guy just has to go play. And that was really the high hopes and the, the positivity with Kenny Pickett that he could handle. But that might have over, overshadowed. When you're selling a guy, you're always accentuating the positives and then eliminating those negatives of what they're do, what they're doing. And it really got lost. Well, okay, on the field. Well, why did it take him so long to get on the field? You know, what what happened there that it took this guy so long? And what were the weaknesses he had as a player that took him so long? And even the weaknesses that he may have had that fifth year of of the ups and downs that he had. And a lot of the questions were how talented he was. You know, is he really that talented to be that guy? And up to this point, it's kind of shown that maybe not. And just that whole draft class, if you remember, you know, Malik Willis got a lot of love and right. Desmond Ritter and 
Pickett, but it really were, were and Sam were Howe, who's actually looking like he's a little better right now with Eric B enemy. Um, so I yeah. guess that kind of goes back to what we were talking about. If you can get that right, you know, yeah, yeah. gelling yeah, of the two, save him, but yeah, he's still doing yeah. his part there. And uh, you know, Kenny just kind of got elevated there because I think it was just the right the Pittsburgh that all that all worked together. Well, we yeah. have to take this guy right now as opposed to if it was someone, if he played at North Carolina state and like, maybe that might not have been the guy and they may have waited. Yeah. So uh, you know, you, you want to see flashes. You want to see glimmers of hope when you watch a quarterback play, you know, that's even despite the ups and downs, let's, let's talk about Anthony Richardson and a raw guy who's, you know, he may not end up being the guy, but you see flashes like, yep. You know what? We, I see why we took this guy. We can see why the Colts, Colts took him. But with Kenny, and you're just not seeing those flashes of, yes, we can hang our hat on. This is what he does really well. And he's going to continue to get better with those things and iron out sort of the weaknesses. And at this point, that's the big concern of the weaknesses that he had in college are kind of all getting exposed right now. And it's uh, one thing we're seeing as a theme from the, you know, the, the team that you used to work for and now the Steelers. It's tough to be in QB purgatory, I guess, in this league. And in the Giants sense, you know, they – they put their money where their, their mouth is already with Daniel Jones. You know, at least the, the Steelers, you know, they've got some time before they have to make any weighty yeah. long-term organizational decisions like that with Pickett. So uh, so we'll see what happens here. Mark, anything uh, you wanted to add before we uh, before we head out here? No, oh, just this, uh, this old-school slugfest this weekend. With, with, uh, get, get a W for the psyche of the city there. I mean, these are the kind of games that Tomlin's teams seem to win, no matter what's going wrong on both sides of the ball. They kind of just dig deep and uh, – and find a way to beat a team like the Ravens at home. But I will say just from being in that stadium against the Texans and just the, the feel of everything and how round soundly they were defeated. I mean, it, it doesn't feel the same way as in previous years when you've yeah. said, Hey, maybe the Steelers will bounce back and turn it around the next week. Yeah, for sure. At, at this point, that definitely was a shock of the, one of the shocks of the season for them to get down and not just lose, but just get thoroughly just sort of beat down there. And that's, uh, that that's sort of concerning week one, you could understand and, uh, you beat you beat uh, you know the Raiders and the Browns and it's like yeah. okay you know a couple bad teams playing each other but uh, well, this will be a, a true test there this week. Well, thanks so much uh, to you, Mark, on behalf of Mark Ross from uh, the NFL Network. I'm Brian Batko. Thanks as always for watching us here on the Chip Tam and Football Show on PG Sports Now, and we'll see what happens Sunday against the Ravens. Uh, keep it here uh, the the rest of this week for plenty of shows, plenty of stories from the Post Gazette. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.